Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. The Christmas season comes with a lot of traditions, and one of the favorites in our house is watching Santa ride in at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Right? When you see his white beard and his big smile, you know the Christmas season has officially begun, and Christina, she shouts and announces that she can officially put up Christmas decorations in our house. Right? The Christmas season is the season of shopping and ugly sweaters and overeating. While Black Friday shopping hours seem to change every year, especially this year, right now Black Friday is like a whole month long, one of the things that has not changed is my desire to not leave the house on Black Friday. Listen, like Christina's family, they go every year shopping on Friday after Thanksgiving. And every Black Friday, I'm left to carry all the bags back to the car after each store. Now, luckily, while I'm doing that, I can usually find an Annie Ann's or a Cinnabon and get myself some, some treats. But still, right, can't she carry her own bags? I mean, really. But on the other hand of this whole Christmas season, one Christmas slash winter tradition that I would never give up is Christina making her spaghetti and meatballs. Right? It is a, a tradition in our house that the first time that there is a forecast for snow, which is usually in December, Christina will make spaghetti and meatballs. And I don't know if you know this or not, but next Saturday, there is a chance of snow coming to Northern Virginia. So Christina, get your crock pot ready because we're having meatballs, y'all. Seriously. Listen, the, the Christmas season is one that is full of traditions. Right? Some of you grew up in families steeped with Christmas tradition. First, it was your grandfather, and then it was your, your own dad who read the Christmas story from the Bible every year on Christmas Eve. While you may have rolled your eyes when you were younger, it's now a rich tradition that you have passed on to your own children with the hopes that just maybe they will continue it with their children of their own one day. And of course, right, Christmas can't have it without cookies, right? We cannot forget about the cookies, Right? Why do we make plates of cookies to give to our friends and families only to be met with a similar plate of cookies in return? Now, don't get me wrong, Foundry Church. I am all for cookies, but you know, we could just all make our own cookies. But as Christina told me and pointed out, where is the fun in that? Right? Christmas is a time of giving, even when we are giving the exact same thing that someone else is giving us. And for those of you who are wondering, my favorite cookie and what it is, well, it's, it's all the cookies. I like all the cookies, right? Listen, around Christmas time, we love baking, eating a lot, and giving gifts. It's a tradition, and it's all a part of our own Christmas story. For a lot of us, Christmas really does feel like the most wonderful time of year. And while we enjoy the, the gifts, the, the food, and the the parties, more than that, Christmas means time to spend with friends and family, right? Christmas is a time when we can just get together and be together. And what if that is not your story, though, right? As, as wonderful as Christmas is, it can also be a time of year that reminds us of everything that's not so great, 
I mean, this year especially, right? Many of us, for the first time since we can remember, spent Thanksgiving with just our immediate family or by ourselves. And that was probably not the story we were hoping to tell about the start of this Christmas season. Listen, for some of us, Christmas reminds us that uh, we would have written another type of story for ourselves instead of the one that is currently playing out. Right? For some of us, we watch those commercials on TV. Right? You know the ones. Right? They are designed to pull at your heartstrings, and, and your wife probably cries every time it plays. Right? Christina has already found her commercial like that this year, and she has literally cried a dozen times already because of a stupid Coles commercial. But because maybe you're like Christina, instead of feeling sentimental, instead of feeling um, sentimental during those commercials, you think, I wish that was my story. But it's so far from that, right? For some of us, we see the, the Christmas stories happening all around us, and we think, oh, our family doesn't look like that. My life doesn't look like that. It never has. And if we're being honest, we wonder if it ever will. Or maybe your Christmas story is one where you find yourself feeling lonely, uh, wondering if there will ever actually be a party that you'll get invited to. Right? They all have to be small. The parties this year have to be little, so you're worried that you won't make the guest list cut. And if you do get invited, you have to decide whether or not you're going to show up without a date again. Or maybe your story is one where you wish your marriage was still intact. Or could your story be one where you're reminded of your financial struggles when you see all those Black Friday commercials and you wonder how you are going to get the kids presents this year. Many of us find ourselves telling a story where we are well aware of prayers that have not been answered during the season. A story where we wonder if God still cares about you. A story of what it looks like for abandonment or Christmas cheer that's lacking. Listen, I know what that feels like. I've had that thought before, and not just at Christmas, but for some of us, the season uh, makes us feel even more lonely because for some of us, even in the midst of all the fun that Christmas brings, it can also be a time where we find ourselves wondering, where is God? And what is he up to? And why has he not come through for me like I've asked him to? Now, now, some of you may be like me, and you have wondered if you were the only one who didn't have a picture-perfect story around Christmas time. Right? After all, no one's social media highlights the trees without presents or Christmas morning spent alone. It's easy to think that you must be the one, the only one, who's not living in a Hallmark commercial or movie. But if you ever felt like that, then you're in pretty good company. And that is what we're going to talk about today, because in every season, Christmas, celebration, joy, or Christmas and loneliness and abandonment, God has a story he wants to tell in our lives. So let's dig into that this morning. I want to start by, by talking about the end of the Old Testament. Now, some of you may not know this, or maybe you've forgotten this, but I want, I want to think about the people of Israel, right? God's chosen people. These were the people who God went before them as they left Egypt in a pillar of fire. 
right? And then he made his presence known to them through the prophets and through kings and judges. Listen, the presence of God was always with his people and visible and tangible. And for generations, this was the case, right? Even even when uh, all the people of Israel needed to talk to God, they could just go to their local judge, priest, or prophet, or to the tabernacle and experience him. Right? God's presence was like a 7-Eleven in Northern Virginia. It was everywhere, and it was not hard to find until it wasn't. You see, once the events in the Old Testament ended, with the last words of the prophet Malachi were written down, there was a period of about 400 years before the events of the New Testament began. Right? 400 years of nothing, and it wasn't like the people of Israel weren't missing God, right? They, they missed him. Uh, those 400 years, God's people were, were walking a rough road. They were back in the land that God had promised them, but they were not independent. Right? They were the property of foreign nations. And during those 400 years, empires rose and fell. And God's people were ruled by different foreign powers after different foreign powers. They were tossed around like they were any other insignificant territory, not God's chosen people living in his promised land. And even still, there was not a word from God. Right? They were seemingly alone, forgotten, and abandoned. That's their story. And God's people must have wondered, what happened to all of God's promises that they heard about for so long? His promises of a Messiah, a Savior, an everlasting kingdom. As they, they fell captive to each new foreign power, one after another, after another, after another, they might have even thought, surely this is not the story that God has been intending to write for us. Right? Surely there's something wrong. Or was it? Right? Toward the end of that 400 years, there lived a man named Simeon. Simeon was a Jew who, despite everything that had been going on for 400 years, loved and obeyed God. Right? He knew what God had promised to his people and believed him. Right? Simeon believed that when God said the, the promised Messiah was coming, he was coming. And for Simeon to still believe that God was working and that the story that God was telling, that God was still writing, to believe that was no small task. Right? I mean, this is the, the equivalent of Noah building the ark when there was no flood, right? A lot of people... We're probably wondering if the promised Messiah would ever come at all. But listen, Simeon believed God's promise when there was no logical reason to do so. Right? Until this point, had it been left up to the Jewish people, there is probably not, this is probably not the story they would have written. Right? There, there seemed to be no trace of a Messiah. And yet, Simeon knew that despite what he could and could not see, God had not abandoned his people. Why? Right? Why is this story of what, what looks like abandonment would anyone believe? Why would they believe? Well, let's listen to what we can learn about Simeon in Scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 28 says this, At the time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
right? That day, the spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. Listen, God told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the promised Messiah with his own eyes. We're not told that God gave Simeon any other details. He just said, go. Isn't that funny? When God is writing stories, he doesn't stop for our input. When God told Abraham to go into a new land, he didn't tell Abraham where that land would be. Right? When God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and have him set the Israelites free, he didn't tell him uh, how that was going to go down. Right? When God told the disciples to go into all the world sharing the gospel, he didn't just stop and tell them right away anyways of the dangers that lied ahead. No, God just said, go. Right? Simeon's story is no different. God said, you will see the Messiah, now go to the temple. So by faith... Simeon went to the temple, and he waited. Now, the, the story doesn't tell us how long Simeon waited. Some traditions say that Simeon waited for 200 years. Right? But the Bible doesn't say, doesn't, doesn't say, so I will just say this, right? We don't know how long Simeon waited. Right? Does God always require a lengthy gap between promises and fulfillment? No, not always. But what we do know is this. God kept his promise however long it took, because God is faithful. And Simeon saw Mary and Joseph in the temple with baby Jesus, right? God kept his word. He made good on his promise, and Simeon was there to see it. Now, here's the thing that makes this even more interesting, right? We don't know if Simeon uh, knew any of the details of what would happen next. The, The Bible doesn't tell us that uh, then the Holy Spirit showed Simeon what it would look like as Jesus grew up, right? Simeon may have never had a clue about the miracles Jesus would perform, right? We don't even know if Simeon knew exactly how the Son of God would rescue uh, God's people. But here is what we know for sure, right? God had promised a Savior, Right? Simeon knew that Savior would rescue God's people some way, somehow, and Simeon was now holding that Savior in his arms. After 400 years of things looking really bleak, God proved his faithfulness. He kept his promise. He sent his son Jesus to be born here on earth, and then Jesus rescued us all. He did what God said he was going to do. There were probably countless speculations about how God was going to make good on his promise. Right, 400 years is a long time to come up with possible solutions. But the bottom line is this. Right, God came through. Even though things looked bad and he did it in a way that no one expected, he came through. Now, I'm not sure what Simeon was expecting to find when he went to the temple. You know, maybe he thought he would find a warrior or maybe a king wearing a crown or maybe even an amazing rabbi. Whatever it was, it was more than likely not a little baby. But Simeon saw that baby and knew that God's promise had been fulfilled. That baby changed everything. So let's let's keep reading, right? After Mary and Joseph arrived at the temple, Simeon turned and thanked God for his faithfulness. The Bible tells us, In the remaining section there, in the remaining verses, 28 through 33, it says this. 
he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about their son. God had kept his promise. He has flipped the story on its head, a story of abandonment, and has been reshaped into a story of hope. The story of Simeon may be a part of the Christmas story that you have not heard much about, but it is very much a part of the Christmas story. Right? This, the story of Simeon reminds us of one of the greatest things about the Christmas season. It reminds us that even in difficulty, we can still trust. Right? Even when we feel lonely and abandoned, there still is hope. You see, the story of Simeon and Jesus reminds us that unmet expectations in the present don't always mean unfulfilled promises in the future. Even though the story was not playing out the way God's people may have wanted it to, it did not mean that uh, there was not a story that was playing out. Simeon held on to hope. He held on to who uh, he knew God to be, a God who can be trusted to finish the story. Right, despite the, the people's current reality of unmet expectations, Simeon held on and he believed. Right, when nothing around him told him to because he knew God could be trusted. Right, he probably uh, remembered the stories of Noah who built the ark anyways and the faithfulness was rewarded. Right? He probably focused on the story of Abraham that he would have heard growing up and, and throughout his whole life who went into a new land to build a new nation anyways. And that nation of God still standing. Right? And Simeon could never forget about the story of Moses who with no way of knowing how it was going to happen walked into the courts of the Pharaoh and said, let God's people go. And God was faithful. Listen, my guess is that for you, there is an area in your life where you are hoping for a different story than the one that is playing out in your life now. You're hoping that God will come through, but it doesn't seem like he is. You're feeling like the Israelites during the 400 years of waiting. You may be wondering if God is working in your story at all. And I get it. There may be several reasons why you doubt God's active work in your story. Maybe it's because when the job promotion was promised to you and then it came up, came available, you were overlooked. Or maybe you always had imagined being a parent, but now you find yourself struggling with infertility. Or maybe it's because you parented your child as best as you could, but they are still wayward and showing no signs of turning things around. Or maybe you planned on a different story in your finances, and while you're working extra hours, you are somehow still barely making ends meet. If any of these situations and countless more, I can understand why it would be hard to trust that God is still working in your story. But, but here are two things I want to encourage you with as, as we look at who God is in the Christmas story. First, When God shows up, it may not be what we expect, and it may not be when we expect it, but he will show up. 
Listen, my wife starts listening to Christmas music earlier and earlier each year. I think this year she started in July because, you know, 2020, right? And one of her favorite songs is a song that she uh, makes me listen to on repeat. It's a song called Winter Snow. Now, I'm not going to try to sing it for you because I love you and I don't want to hurt your ears. Uh, but I want you to hear the first few lines of this song. Now, he says this, could have come like a mighty storm. Right? You could have come with the strength of a hurricane. You could have come like a forest fire with the power of heaven in your flame. But you came like a winter snow, quiet and soft and slow, falling from the sky in the night to the earth below. Now, I, I sometimes think about how I would have come if I was the Messiah of the world. I would have come more like the, the first lines of the song, right? People would have known that I arrived. There would have been fire and horses and bears, and there would have been sweet music like I was a WWE wrestler, right? It would have looked like a scene from the Lord of the Rings or something like that. But when God kept his promise, when God is the author of the story, things rarely happen the way we think they will. Right? But listen, and hold on to this. When God is telling the story, he always comes through. He always saves the day, redeems the prodigal, restores the people, and brings hope. Right? It is easy for us to imagine our stories playing out in some very specific ways, but just because they don't, it doesn't mean that God isn't working. Right? Oftentimes it only means that God is working in our story differently in a way that we didn't expect under a timetable that is different than ours, but he is working. Right? You can bank on it. God has not forgotten about you just because it seems like he isn't doing anything. You are not off his radar. Listen, the truth is, is that it's impossible for him to forget about you. He made you and he loves you. He has a story to tell in your life, and when you trust him, when you forge your life on him, Foundry, you can rely on the fact that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And even though the story you imagine is not matching up with the story that you are currently living, it does not make God's love for you less true. Which leads me to the next thing that we can learn from Simeon's story. God doesn't just work in your story. He is a part of your story. I mean, remember this. Simeon prayed for the Messiah uh, to come, to see him. And what did God do? Right? He didn't just let Simeon see Jesus from afar. No, Jesus came into his life and Simeon held him. Right? Simeon held the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, the Messiah in his arms. What? Right? Because Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us, when God is writing your story and there seems to be no hope, he shows up in the mess, right? in the darkness, and is with you. Right? Simeon's part in the Christmas story reminds us that even when there seems to be no evidence of God in the story, he is with us. Right? I don't know what your situation looks like this Christmas. I don't know what you're hoping and praying for, right? The holidays might be a crazy, dysfunctional, lonely, difficult, boring, or unstable time in your life. And you may be, be wondering, where is God in all of this? Why isn't he doing something? Well, the promise you can be sure of is that God is with you in the story. 
He is Emmanuel, God with us. The story he wants to tell is bigger than what you currently see and more amazing and more powerful. But the only way that is possible is if he is with you. Right? God is writing a story in your life. A big old story. One that is only possible with him in it. So forge your life on him. I'm going to have the band come back on here in just a second. And as they're working to do that, let me ask you this question. What would happen if we started to believe that? If we started to believe the truth that no matter what we see or what we're living through, God is with us and he is working. Think about that. What would you do differently if you believed that? Maybe it would change the way you think. I mean, shoot, maybe it would change the way you pray or what you pray for. Maybe it would change your relationships and how you treat your spouse, your kids, your friends. Right? How would that change your fears, your worries, your anxieties? Right? I see this future for you. This, this future where you are forged on God. I hope you see that vision for yourself as well. I mean, imagine the differences your, your life would be, right? The, the way you would experience your life if you lived in the light of the truth that Emmanuel, God with us, is here and he's writing in an amazing story, right? No matter what you see, no matter whatever is in the way or around you, God has not forgotten you. He's not stopped writing your story and he has not forsaken you. So if you do this one thing this Christmas, do this. Be like Simeon. Don't give up on God because he's not done with you. So as you go about this season, I hope the traditions of Christmas remind you of everything wonderful about God's Christmas story, even if your own history or present situation isn't reminding you that. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at thefoundryburk.